Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself continue our discussion on Article 9 of the Augsburg Confession, Baptism. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow. I'm joined by my friends, Pastor Jason Goodall and Pastor Brian Rickey. And together we make the Being Lutheran Podcast. Crew, the we're the crew. Yeah. We've, we, we've used that cold I open know. before. Yes. And, <laughs> and this is why we don't video the podcast. Uh, right. So you don't see I know. the three amigos. Thank you, you see Jason Jesus. Uh, <laughs> rolling his eyes at me. <laughs> That's how we roll in this podcast. Oh, so yeah, yeah I, I want to say, uh, so far so good. In between the two episodes, we did not receive any angry phone calls. Yeah, right. Well, the first episode of between Baptism. the five minutes since they haven't been broadcast. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Lower your standards. Never be disappointed. But you know exactly. what? I'd almost rather that we had that interaction, and oh. you know, just so that we can just have a discussion. And it, it yeah. would be nice, but I, I don't think any of us can manage to commit. Uh, the same time every week to doing a live broadcast of a 20-minute podcast. That would be really hard. We could probably do it from our desks, but then Brian would have to loan us recording equipment. Yeah, yeah it'd be interesting. Right. Yeah. Yep. So we'll do it this way, and, mm-hmm. and trust me, if there's if there's lack of clarity or over-speaking or misspeaking on mm-hmm. our part and people want to talk to us about it, we it will be addressed. Mm-hmm. We're not going to just ignore it. Yep. We're... I, I'm using a moment of sanctification now and not going to refer this back to politics. All right. Sorry. Good. <laughs> Let's move on. Do you want to read, uh, just for benefit, the uh, article again? Because it was so long and yeah, complicated. Right. It'll, yeah. it'll take me 10 minutes. To <laughs> and fr- and it's <laughs> take you more time to find it. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yep. Yep. So we are talking about uh, Article 9 of the Augsburg Confession, Baptism. And it goes like this. It is taught among us that baptism is necessary and that grace is offered through it. Children, too, should be baptized, for in baptism they are committed to God and become acceptable to him. On this account, the Anabaptists who teach that infant baptism is not right are rejected. All right, there you have it. There we go. So we we mentioned this at the beginning of last episode before we did our big 20-minute long digression on it, but there's really only three parts to the official Lutheran confession on baptism. Mm -hmm. Baptism is necessary for salvation, Children are to be baptized. Baptism of children is not in vain, but necessary and effective for salvation. Mm-hmm. Right? They all prop each other up. They're all interrelated. And there's a big theological truth and or lie that mm-hmm. is being addressed with each statement. Okay. So baptism is necessary for salvation. Mm-hmm. If you are, if, <laughs> if you are oh. Joe Baptist. Yeah. Uh, George the Baptist. George is, the Baptist. Uh, for my confirmation kids, I, uh-huh. I do this thing where I pretend to be a, I take on this alter ego. Oh. And one of my alter egos is George the Baptist. Oh. I think yeah. it should be John the Baptist. No, 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 no. That, John Smith, that, that's the too, Baptist. too confusing. <laughs> too confusing. So if you're George the yeah. Baptist, Brett Bowe, uh, and someone says baptism is necessary for mm-hmm. salvation. What is your knee-jerk response? My knee-jerk response is, no, it's not because the the thief on the cross okay. wasn't baptized. So the thief on the cross is not baptized, and sometimes you'll also hear, "Well, I am saved by faith. Mm-hmm. I'm saved by grace through faith." Or the third one is, "We are saved by faith and not by works." Okay. So all three of those flow from this first confession. 
where Lutherans need to be doing a better job with this as far as the Augsburg Confession is concerned, as far as we interact with other denominations, which, by the way, Lutherans, we need to be doing a much better job of having conversations with the rest of Christendom. Uh, But Lutherans need to explain, because it is the truth of God from Scripture, that baptism does not accomplish salvation. Yes. Baptism delivers salvation. And this is one of the primary Lutheran teachings that God works Mm -hmm. through means. Yep. I I love that distinction of the salvation was accomplished at the cross Mm -hmm. and in the empty tomb and then it's delivered to us through the means of grace. And, and really, if you just take time to flesh that out in your head, it will start to make sense. Right. Because we know for certain that there were people 2,000 years ago at the cross in witnesses of the empty tomb who beheld all of that in its reality, in its yep. historicity, and were not saved. Mm-hmm. We, we know that to be true. You know, so it's your salvation. You, you was not delivered to you by means of the cross or by means of the empty tomb. That's not how it was. It was accomplished there. Yep. And there's not a single Christian by confession who would deny that to say that Jesus on the cross and in my place emerging then from the empty tomb is my salvation. Mm -hmm. That is where my sins were paid for. That is where I was washed in Christ's blood. And that is where my ancient enemies of sin, death, and the devil were conquered for me permanently by Christ. That is the outcome of 2 Corinthians 5.21. He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him I might be the righteousness of God. And all the other promises of the gospel that we could quote, uh, that's the end game. Right. But once you start thinking about it, what does it do if, if this is your objection to how God works, how do you explain God delivers to you salvation? Because it doesn't just magically happen. No one uh, logically concludes uh, in their own sin that it it's, must be the case that God sent his son to die in my place. You end up believing in immediate means immediate grace, grace. direct, direct, without God's word. I think almost every Christian, if pressed, would come to the same conclusions Lutherans have. Salvation is delivered by the means of the proclamation of the gospel. Yep. Correct? Lutherans don't disagree with that. I don't think Baptists would disagree with that. I know Calvinists don't disagree with that. Uh, Methodists don't disagree with that. Presbyterians don't disagree with that. Uh, That's how it works. In the Lutheran system, baptism and the Lord's Supper are simply a method of the proclamation of the gospel. Right. They're the application of the proclamation of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Because for Lutherans, it is what makes baptism effective is not the water, it's the water connected with the promise in God's word. Right. And it's not the bread and the wine, it's the bread and the wine connected to the promise of God's word. Yes. That's how it works. And so baptism is necessary for salvation because God says it is. You know, and then you brought up the the thief on the cross. <laughs> it's necessary, but it's not absolutely necessary. Necessary, yeah. but not absolutely necessary. And this is where we say, too, it's not the absence of baptism that right. disqualifies. It's the rejection of baptism that Big is difference. troubling. Big difference there, right? Uh, if you have every intent to be baptized and, you know, you are a convert to Christianity as an adult 
and uh, in the worship service, uh, walking up to be baptized in front of the church, uh, you have a heart attack and die, God's not going to damn you to hell. That's not how it works. We entrust ourselves at all times to the grace and mercy of God. Yeah. We do so with the sacraments and in the preaching of the gospel yep. as well, right? Yep. yep. So, you know, we take... That, that's one of the things I love about, uh, and we'll get to all the scriptural passages, but yeah. uh, I just preached on Colossians 2 uh, last mm. Sunday from my mm. church and just thinking of uh, all of those New Testament passages, in some way they connect us back to the death and resurrection of Jesus. Correct. And that's that's pretty eye-opening when you see it over and over and over again, that it's not symbolically connecting us. It's actually connecting us to the death and resurrection of yeah, Jesus. It's not reminding us of the death and re- mm-hmm. resurrection of Jesus. It's saying, how are we You were buried with him you know, and baptism. Yep. With him, that baptism, we are clothed mm-hmm. in Christ. Uh, and even you read the Great Commission at the end of the last episode, the disciples are made yep. in part through the process of receiving the gospel in the sacraments. The other thing I think is important, especially Colossians 2, is yep. it, it also is that covenant identifier there definitely definitely is you know the regeneration the regenerate regenerational aspect of baptism <laughs> couldn't couldn't get that out sorry uh, but there's also that covenant identifier as it talks about in Colossians chapter 2 and I think that's really important to see that it's like this baton being ha- handed off that this is more than just circumcision just just is something that was not made by human hands it was made by the grace and mercy of Christ Jesus and this mm-hmm. wonderful uh, provision of salvation that God has made through his one and only son and, and you know the question I always ask people when when we discuss baptism or when I'm doing, you know, new member classes or catechetical instruction for the purpose of joining my church is, uh, you know, have you been buried with Christ? Hmm. You know, is, is Christ's death your death and is Christ's resurrection your resurrection? Hmm. Well, yeah, of course. When did that happen? How do you know for sure? And you're left with one of two options. Either it's the external act of baptism an event that you can cling to, or it's somehow tied to your personal policy, polity, personal piety and your best intentions. Mm-hmm. And there's something reassuring about something that's outside of us that happened to us in baptism that we can point to and say, we know that God's grace came to me at that point. It, it comes back to the object of our faith, nope. that object of our faith. We don't have faith in faith or faith in what we did. We have faith in Christ and his work and what he accomplished. And I think that having that mindset in the midst of baptism is really healthy for us. Well, and, and, and this will make for a good segue, but you're right, Brian. I think the problem with the American church today is that we do have faith in faith is that when we are directed back to peace for our conscience, we're directed back to faith and not to the object of our faith. And I've recently been in a long email exchange with an atheist friend of mine Mm. uh, who's going through a a really tough time, and he was honestly asking me questions and honestly pushing back on my faith. And and, and when I could see that the conversation was wrapping up, I said, listen, this is what it comes back to for me. There are some things that you asked about that I can't prove. I can't prove uh, the existence of God. Objectively, I can't prove the existence of God. I can't tell you why you've gone through all the suffering in your life. I, 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 I don't know why you have suffered and why other people have lived uh, entirely blessed lives fed, fed by a silver spoon. I don't know anything. But for me, and, and he repeatedly asked, well, how can you believe this? How can you go to... For me, it's a matter of reality. It's, it's an 
objective, external thing. Christianity goes away if there isn't the historic event of Christ's death and resurrection. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to struggle and wrestle my way through all of the mysteries of the Christian life, all of the mysteries that are proclaimed in Scripture. But all of those would wreck me if it wasn't for the rock-solid objective reality in history of Christ's death and resurrection. So it is with the sacraments. Mm -hmm. Uh, You you could, you know, talk until your, your tongue falls out about which sermon it was that gave you peace of mind, which sermon it was that delivered assurance of salvation. And all of them should, because they all should be proclaiming the gospel. Yeah, right. Uh, Gospel preaching. You can talk about that your devotions made you feel this way or that way. But what you know for certain on the promises of God is that you, by his promise, became a child of God when you were baptized. And you, by his promise, received the forgiveness of sins the moment you received communion last. Mm. And, and it's an external event. So that, that takes care of baptism necessary for salvation. Building off your concept of faith and faith, the next two points are about infant baptism. Mm-hmm. And the Confession of the Lutheran Church is that bap- children are to be baptized and baptism isn't in vain mm-hmm. because it is effective for salvation. And that becomes a matter of faith. And this is the other big disagreement Lutherans have with the American church. Mm-hmm. For much of the American Protestant church... Faith is a matter of mental assent hmm. to a, a set of facts, to a, a body of information. In the Lutheran Church and other denominations who line up with us on this, faith is a gift from God that comes, f- that is created by the preaching of the word and comes from the Holy Spirit. Yep. And, and, and we've talked about this at other times on the podcast, and I don't have the specific episodes to talk about it, but the, the problem that we run into is that when Scripture talks about faith, it's the same word referring to multiple concepts. And so, you know, I've heard a pastor use this. I've ripped this off from Brian Wolfmuller, who's done some research on this. Uh, but I think the best distinction that I've heard to describe it is that there's a difference between saving faith and reflective faith. Okay, so reflective faith in all these places, like the fruit of the Spirit, uh, faithfulness or faith is talking about the fruit of the Spirit. If we're talking about increasing and mm-hmm. maturing in trust, that's yep. a reflective faith. It's an entirely biblical concept. I can, I can point to dear old saints that have had an impact on my life that have this unbelievably serene and peaceful mm. trust in God through any circumstance. Mm. Uh, you know, not to, not to embarrass him, I don't think he listens anyway. In, in <laughs> AFLC circles, yeah. the guy I'm thinking about right now is Raynard Huglin. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. Raynard is one of the, the founding fathers of the current AFLC as it stands. Yep. And he's a delight of a man. Uh, and, and has some of the strongest expressions of faith of anyone I know. He is, he is a peaceful, serene individual. And, and mm-hmm. Raynard, if you do happen to listen to the podcast, <laughs> we hope you continue to get better. Raynard has been yeah. recovering from COVID. Yes. Um, uh, that type of an example, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we've all served in congregations for at least 10 years now, each one of us. Uh, I would be willing to bet that we could... Easily off the top of our head, list 15 to 20 members we've had who are exactly like hmm. that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yep. I mean, people who have been Christians for their entire lives uh, are rock-solid pillars and leaders of their local churches, and people who have been converted to Christ as adults and are rock-solid pillars of their churches, right? But 
the moment they came to salvation, whether it was through baptism as an infant or through some adult conversion experience, the faith that saved them in either situation is the same miracle from God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the faith that saves a baby yep. Yep. and the faith that saves a 45-year-old former atheist hmm. is the exact same faith. Yep. It's the exact same gift. It's a gift from God mm-hmm. outside of ourselves that is totally right. brought to us through the gospel of Christ. Yep, that's right. And so the reason the Lutheran Church says we baptize babies is because there is no other objective means that we know to deliver salvation. There's no other way. Uh, or if you want to look at it on through the flip the coin and look at it from the other like direction, reading, reading scripture to your baby, yeah. thinking that it magically just the reading of scripture. Well, it's it's if if. Infants, Which is not a bad thing to do, by the way. Yeah. If infants aren't saved through baptism, how are they saved? Mm-hmm. And if you can't answer baptism, you're left to unscriptural options. Mm-hmm. Either that God... Age of accountability. Age of accountability, which is a concept entirely absent from scripture, or that, that God just saves everyone until they sin. Right? And that's a rejection of original sin. Yeah, original sin. And we've already been down there, right? Yeah. God must save infants somehow. Well, he saves them by the death and resurrection of the Christ, mm-hmm. and that delivered through that is delivered through the means of grace. Now, it's a it's entirely appropriate and important thing to read scripture to your unborn child, yeah. to keep kids in the worship service, to have them be recipients of the preached and proclaimed gospel message. Yeah. Entirely appropriate. Amen. But what we know for certain is that God has objectively attached salvation and the gift of the Holy Spirit to baptism. He has done so in his infinite wisdom, and he's done so that we might be assured of salvation. Mm -hmm. That's it. And so uh, if we are to take Ephesians 2, Mm -hmm. uh, 1 through 10 seriously, uh, and I know that passage doesn't say anything about baptism, (laughs) but it's the only way to be saved is by the work of God. You're, You're either dead or you're resurrected. I do think that was really important for me because yeah. as a young man, I didn't really ascribe to infant baptism and understanding where faith comes from, Yes, I think is really crucial in this conversation. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's not to deny that people have faith and they express that, but I think people need to realize that the faith that you have, that itself is a gift from God yeah. that's been created in you through the power of, of God's Spirit. Saving and sustaining faith comes from outside of ourselves, and it is a gift from God. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it all comes down to this basic, simple understanding that faith is talked about in more than one way in Scripture. That whenever we have these doctrinal disagreements, suddenly we punt on all the rules of language (laughs) and we try to play gotcha with whoever we disagree with. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, does the Bible talk about faith as a growing trust in God? Yes. Absolutely. Also, does Scripture talk about faith as a undeserved, gracious gift from God that we, we don't muster it up in ourselves? Yes. What Scripture doesn't talk about is faith as intellectual assent to a set of information that that's entirely absent. And yet, uh, not only would that cut off infants and those that weren't old enough air quotes, but I'm thinking of people that are disabled that uh, have, you know, mental, mentally disabled disabled people, people. uh, 
you, you would talk about that. Uh, you have a really hard time handling uh, the descent of a Christian into Alzheimer's or dementia. Mm, yep. Yes. Um, yep. you, you have no way of incorporating that into your system. Uh, and it, it ends up, again, becoming what we talked about in the last episode, that your assurance of salvation flows out of piety then, out of a sincere confession, rather than out of something God has done. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the more and more we think about it, the more and more we can build the case that for a vast majority of American Christians, God is not at the center of their faith. We are. Hmm. Hmm. And, 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 and we ought to be worried about that. We, we, ought to, we ought to be able to recognize our own selfishness, our own desire for plaudits and applause and, and, and the look-at-me-ism that comes not from our Christian piety, from, but from the sin that so easily ensnares us. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, to that end, God, from the Lutheran perspective at least, God has made salvation so entirely external that we cannot take credit for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It becomes simply yep. a matter of belief in his promises as they are proclaimed and mm-hmm. applied to us by the methods and means that he has established. Yep. Yeah. Actually, I point a lot of people back to Ezekiel chapter 36 to mm-hmm. to, to talk about that reality. Because if you look at all of the I as a first personal. Yeah, I will per, do yeah, this. Yeah, I, I will, will do this. I will do this. I will sprinkle clean water on you. Mm. And I will give Not you a new heart. Not immersion, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've actually, I've actually story, used yeah. it for that. Um, so it's not the amount of water. It's, yeah. again, the attachment of God's promise and the yes. work of the Holy Spirit in and through Beautiful. the water. And yeah. the one doing the work. Yeah. It's, even when the pastor baptizes you, mm-hmm. it's God who's doing the baptism. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. We're just a funnel. Yep. Just Good. a big old funnel. That's all we are. All right, you got a verse? Of course I do. First Peter chapter 3 is appropriate. Verse <laughs> 21. I was going to say, with 21? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into the heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels and authorities and powers having been subjected to him. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we look at an Old Testament passage that talks about baptism. God bless you and have a great week.